Hallelujah. Come on and give God a, a hand clap of praise for he is worthy of it all. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Where are my champions? Whoa. You are a winner. You are a winner. You are victorious. You can do all things. Yes, you can. You are triumphant. Nothing is holding you. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You are victorious. Yes, you can. You are triumphant. Nothing is holding you. blood. You were born a champion. You're bold. You're strong. You were born a champion. Greater is he that is in you. A champion. You once were bound, but now you're free. Champions, this is your moment to celebrate. You think about all the things that God has brought you through. How many victories that have been won and are still to be won. Hallelujah. Come on, this is our declaration. A champion lives within me. He's given me authority. I'm bold. I'm strong. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. A champion lives within me. He's given me authority. I'm bold. I'm strong. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. A 
champion lives within me. He's giving me authority. I'm bold, I'm strong. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. A champion lives within me. He's giving me authority. Celebrate your victories. Glory to God. Oh, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this place. We give you free reign to have your way. Oh, Father God, we just exalt your name on high. And we lift it above any and every situation and circumstance we may have faced today.
Wednesday night group, um, we're talking about the fact that we have victory, but the fact that we will never be moved off of that victory. Amen. So the title of this series has been, you shall not be moved. And the whole point is, is that as I get my believing right by having a right attitude, I will realize who I am and therefore walk in the victory that Christ has already won for me. Amen. Amen. So now that I have authority, I have victory. See, gone is the days that we have all this authority with no victory. Because I know that you don't want to lose. I said you don't want to lose. So the way not to lose is by exercising the authority that you already have. Now the question is, is do you believe you have the authority? The question is, is do you believe that what Jesus did on the cross made you a co-heir with him and as a result, you got the same authority that Jesus has? Amen. I'm going to show you this in the Word. Go with me to Romans chapter 8 and we're going to look at verse 11. If you've been following along in this series, this is uh, the number five admission or confession uh, to be made. Number one was uh, admitting and confessing that God loves me. Number two was that Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. Number three was Jesus is the perfect expression of that love. And then number four was we are free from our old sinful nature because of the finished works of Jesus. Now that's very important to understand because knowing that I'm free from that old sinful nature takes care of the problem of me thinking I'm disqualified. Mm -hmm. 
because I said this or did this. Now all of a sudden, I lost my authority. So now stuff is just going to happen to me in life, and I, I don't have any control over it. How many guys know that's a lie from the pit of hell? You are free from your sinful nature, and you're also free from the penalty of sin. You are the righteousness of God. And number five is admitting we are co-heirs with Christ, who is the lawful owner of all things. Amen. 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 Let's look at this in the, uh, we'll start off actually in the, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it here uh, in the New, New Living Translation. <clears throat> Excuse me, it says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We just took a lot of time on that last night, and I think it's, it wor it's worth repeating on tonight as well. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Now, what, who lives in you? Uh-huh. Which is the Spirit of who? Where does he live? You have the Spirit of God living where? Who's living in you? Uh-huh. Who is who? Uh-huh. And he lives where? Now, we're not talking about just any old thing or any old one. I mean, who is God? The creator of the universe lives where? In me. The creator of all things lives where? In me. Love, who is God, lives where? In me. And this is not just anyone or anything. This is the spirit of God who has so much power, he raised Jesus from the dead. All that power, resurrection power, lives where? In me. If resurrection power lives in me, how can I be sick? If resurrection power lives in me, how can death have any dominion? If resurrection power lives in me, how can I find myself financially broke? How can I be depressed? If resurrection power lives in me, how many of you guys know I got victory? It says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives, dwells, abides, and has made his home in you. And last I checked, he said he was never leaving you nor forsaking you. So you got the spirit of God, the power of God, the presence of God in you forever. That's good news. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. Do you see that? Yes. No sickness, no disease. If he raised him up from the dead, Jesus' body physically died. But how many guys know he was walking around a few days later? Amen. And it says, just as he raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give, that's a promise, life. So sickness doesn't come from God. He's not, he's not doing that to teach you a lesson. Disease doesn't come from God. And some people say, well, you know, it just happens. It's in my genes. No, you got DNA God on the inside of you. He will rewrite your, your genetic code if he got to, to line up with his word. He will give life to your mortal bodies. Now, how does he do it? By the same spirit, which spirit is that? The one who raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit living within you. So this, you, you notice, 
you ain't got nothing to do with this process other than to be a vessel and to believe what he's saying. It didn't say you got to make sure you do this and make sure you do that. It just says, hey, if you're a believer, the spirit of God lives in you. And he's doing a work on the inside of you. Why? Because he loves you and he's good. So he's quickening that mortal body. Do you see this? It, it didn't say you had to say some magic words. It didn't say you had to do certain things. It just says he's in there and he's quickening you. He's in there and he's bringing life to your body. The, the spirit of God right now is inside of your body doing a work. I got a word for somebody. So if you're, if you're experiencing any lack in your body, it's not because God's not doing his part. It may be that I need to tune in better to what he's saying to not work against the spirit of God on the inside of me. He may say, don't eat that because you'll be working against what I'm doing. Uh-oh. He may say, start working out here or start doing that there because I don't want you working against my quickening. Because because he has promised that he's going to give life to your mortal bodies by that same spirit. He, they didn't, Paul didn't have to put that in there. God didn't have to put that in there. What was the point of talking about our mortal bodies? I mean, this is all about our spirit, right? This is all about us going out and doing the work. Why would he put in there anything about our physical mortal bodies? Because how many guys know back then people were probably dealing with sickness. People were probably were dealing with other issues and things like that. And his point was, listen, Holy Spirit resides in you and can bring life to that body. But we got to make sure now we're not working against what he's doing. Because as we've been studying the word, the only thing that can stop the manifestation of grace in my life is not my sin, but me not believing. When I don't believe, I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Because I think there's another way that this has to be done. But just looking at the raw word for what it says, by the same spirit living in you, you will have life to your mortal body. Man, that's good news. Let's keep going. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Instead of doing what that sinful nature wants me to do, I should be following what that spirit who's giving me life on the inside wants me to do. I have no obligation to go and eat that or, or drink that or whatever like that that he's not telling me to. Now, be careful. Don't go create another set of laws, another set of rules, and say, you know, what Pastor Archie said, you know, I shouldn't eat this or I shouldn't drink that. And what we automatically hear is, well, well, don't eat no sugar and then don't drink no alcohol. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying whatever the Holy Spirit tells you not to do, don't do it. Yes, right. Amen? Because he, he's not trying to put you in bondage. He's trying to help the manifestation of God's grace take place in your life. But what you got to realize is you don't have to give in to that sinful nature like you used to. Amen? I mean, you used to get around sugar and you couldn't act right. You get around certain desserts and you just got to have a bite. That, that gluttony and that lust for food and all of that, that, that sinful nature would try to rise up on the inside of you. And now you have authority over that because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. 
Who knew this was a health scripture? Amen. <laughs> Verse 13. It says, for if you live by its dictates, talk about the sinful nature, you will die. Now we look at this spiritual a lot, but, but actually if you kind of keep this in context of what we're talking about, he, the last thing he said was your mortal bodies. So if you eat what you want to eat and do with that body what you want to do with, how I many guys know that's true? We see it all the time. Amen. People go home and be with the Lord way earlier and then don't buy into the old lie, God didn't call them. He didn't call them home. They just showed up. <laughs> you know, it's like the kids you send off to college and then one day they just show up. My daughter went off to school and the other day it was such a blessing to see her, but we looked up. We, we just looked up and the door opened and she was there. I said, it, it kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, one part was like, what you doing here? <laughs> the other part was like, hey, it's good to see you. But I just, I just stared at her, you know. She's surprised. <laughs> and that's how some people end up in heaven and they get before God and surprise. And he's like, hey, I'm glad to see you. But, but, but you didn't have to come so soon. Amen. It says, for if you live by, by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. That needs to be on every health book, every gym, every whatever, if they want to have the secret to life. It's this. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll direct you. And through his power, not through willpower, because how many of you guys know that's how the, the health industry makes billions and billions of dollars, is us trying to do it through willpower instead of through his power. Why? Because, man, you get on that gym plan, you get on that thing, and then you fall off. And then you may get on it for a few years, and then you fall off. But when the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding you, you're doing it in his strength and not in your own. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Let's go. Uh, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Everybody who's in his house listens to what he got to say. Everybody who goes by his last name honors him and says, you're my dad. So whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Amen. 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 Now, it, I can't, how can I say this? I can have his name but not listen to his voice. And as a result, I won't end up where his children should be. He can say, hey, I want you to do this and do that. And by 10 o'clock, you should be right here if you do what I say. And all of his children have now a choice. Either I'm going to do what dad said and I'll end up at the right destination at 10 o'clock or I'm going to do a little bit of my own thing and everybody else will be there at 10 o'clock but I'll be there at 10, 15. I'll be late or I'll be early. And how many of you guys know if he said be there by then, that's when you want to be there. But it all comes from following his voice. A kid who doesn't want to follow the voice of their parents is a kid who's going to end up in a lot of trouble. Yep. Not because the parents don't love them, but because you don't listen. Yep. They say you're hard-headed. <laughs> they say a hard head make a what? Hard. 
Soft behind. You know, uh, I, I forgot we on internet. I can't say it that way. <laughs> but, 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 but that's what happens is I end up in trouble learning by the school of hard knocks simply because I'm making the choice of not being led by the spirit of God. So I end up kind of starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping in life. And it's not that God doesn't love me. It's not even that he's mad at me because I'm in this process of learning how to trust him. It's just that I'm going through hell over and over and over again, literally. You passing through hell and hellish things over and over and over again by your decision to not be led by the Spirit of God. With your graceful self. With your blood of Jesus washed all your sins away self. With your authority having, dominion, power, speaking self. You got all that available, but are choosing when you choose not to be led by the Spirit of God to walk as a sinner would, which is by your own beliefs, by your own ideas, by your own dictates. How many of you guys know there's a better way? There's a way to life. And that way is being led by the Spirit of God. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received what? God's Spirit. That's the same spirit that he talked about in the very beginning that lives in you, that raised Christ from the dead. He's, he's clarifying and, 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 and just validating that you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. When did God adopt you as his own child? When I got saved. When I got saved. Now, when did, when did the opportunity to become his child happen? When Jesus died on that cross. When Jesus died on the cross, all men, all mankind, had the chance now to be children of God. All it takes to sign the adoption papers, for lack of a better word, on your part, is for you to believe. Believe that God wants to be your daddy. Believe that God can be your daddy because of what Jesus did. Jesus, your advocate, made the case with his blood that now made you worthy of being in God's house. Are you listening to me? Yes, and so now what you have to do is make up your mind. He, he's just like he put the papers right in front of you and said, I've already signed them. Jesus made it available. Will you accept me? Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's saying, will you accept me as your father? We've been saying, Lord, will you accept me as your child? He said, I made the decision to accept you as my child in the beginning. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. In the beginning was the gospel. In the beginning was grace. In the beginning was Jesus. God had this plan set up in the beginning. He accepted you in the beginning. The question is, is will we accept him right now? Will we believe him? Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Abba what? Abba Father, verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Somebody says, why, why is this important? Because remember, we're on number five. We're, we're having to admit the fact that we are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. And so are you. I said, Jesus is this, a, a child of God. And so are you. 
you're not just an heir. You're not an heir of Jesus. You're an heir of God. It's God, Jesus, and you. I'll say that again. It's God, it's Jesus, and you. You are a co-heir to God. We often looked at it as it's God, it's Jesus, and then me. That's not what it, it talks about. It's we are co-heirs. You've been looking at yourself one level too, too low. Amen? He had his feet, yes, yeah. For spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, verse 17. And since we are his children, we are, what does that say? Children of Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. We follow his example in ways, but, but do you realize when, this, when you say you're a follower of Christ or I'm a Christian, what you're saying is, is I'm going to live like Jesus did. But I am not a son of Jesus. I am a son of God. You are not a daughter of Jesus. You are a daughter of God. It's, it's, it, that takes a second to, to say, well, why is that important? It's important because when you realize that you are a co-heir with Christ, you will start seeing yourself as able to operate like him fully. Not trying to achieve the ability to operate like Christ. You already can. God gave Jesus the Holy Spirit to operate in power by. And that same spirit we just read lives where? In you. That's the same one Jesus used. That's the same one he healed people by. That's the same one he raised folks from the dead by. That's the same spirit that he preached by. That's the same spirit that he gave words of wisdom and knowledge by. That same spirit lives in you because you are now adopted and you are a co-heir with Christ. So it says we are his heirs, in fact, together, together, together with Christ. We are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his what? Suffering. His suffering. Now, that's not saying that you got to go and everything got to fall apart in your life and everything like that. It's talking about the fact that there'll be attacks, there'll be persecution, there'll be things like that that come along, but you already got the victory. Amen. Because he overcame the world already. So just because the haters come, just because the issues come, just because the attacks come, that doesn't mean now you have to go through it. You got to be pole. You got to have this disease. You got to almost die. All these things got to happen because that's me sharing in Christ's suffering. No, 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 no. He, he had victory over all that stuff. He willingly laid down his life when it was time for the commission that uh, the mission on his life. But you have authority. You have dominion because you are a co-heir with Christ Jesus. So I got to admit that I'm a co-heir with Christ and he is indeed the lawful owner of all things. Uh, let's go back to verse 15 and then put this in the Amplified and I want to kind of just look at these words again in, with a little bit more clarification. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Amen. Uh, let me see. I think I got it here too. Uh, what did I say? Verse 15? Yeah, uh, actually, we'll go back to 14 in the Amplified. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit 
of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. That's what we were. Holy Spirit's not leading you back into fear. Amen? He's not leading you back into fear. Amen? He's not, see, when was I, when were, when, when were we in fear? When I thought I was breaking all the rules. I was afraid when I was trying to follow the law and I kept messing up. And, 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 and now that the Holy Spirit's on the scene and now that Christ and grace are now here, guess what? I'm not worried about the rules. I'm only concerned about believing so I can keep my relationship, so I can have a stronger relationship. It's not about the rules now. It's about relationship. It's not about the rules. It's about relationship. When it was about the rules, I was in bondage to fear. We sing a song that says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a what? Child of God. Now you know what that's talking about. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer worried about the rules about can I wear makeup or do I have to wear a dress or, or can I drink this or can I eat that? What did the Holy Spirit say? You are free to follow what he said for your life. I said, you are free to follow what he said. And even if you choose not to follow what he said, you're free to do your own thing. But now you're going to have the natural consequences of that. Amen. Amen. But you're still a child. Yes. See, before, if you did not do the law, you not only had to uh, have the natural repercussions, you also were out of relationship or fellowship now with, with God and the things of God. You can forget about being blessed. You're not going to be cursed. So there was a natural problem with that and a spiritual problem with that. Are you with me? But now if you choose to sin, there is no spiritual problem. Your spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. But there are natural repercussions if you do choose to walk in sin and not follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me on that? Yeah, we're going to do a whole series on just that so we can have the right perspective on sin. Because under grace, you know, some of us are like, shoot, I do what I want to do then. Yeah, technically, you'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. You'll just get there a whole lot quicker than you were supposed to. There are natural repercussions to sin in this world. Now, it's not that his mercy can't be there. But I'd rather go ahead and just live by grace. Because built into grace is following the Holy Spirit, which means I will live holy. Are you with me? The, 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 the goal of grace was always holiness because I'm under grace, so I'm free, no longer in bondage. And now the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I follow him and I end up living the holiest life I've ever lived. Because he'll say, go do this, go do that. Don't do this, don't do that. And I find myself constantly in that, as it talks about in Romans 12 too, that perfect, pleasing will of God. Amen? So he's not putting me in bondage. The Holy Spirit is not putting me in bondage. Once more, again, to fear. If anybody starts talking to you about what God wants you to do and the Holy Spirit, is, is they, Holy Spirit, they can hear them talking to them for you and they start saying stuff and it puts you in bondage, you just tell them, I don't receive that. You just, you just took my whole mood down. Got me in bondage up here. Well, you know, you, you, know, you need to go and, and fast seven nights and in 17 days uh, for that. Whoa, whoa. That, he ain't tell me that. He might have told you that, but I ain't about to be starving, you know, to prove no point. Amen. It says, but you have received instead the spirit of adoption. The spirit of the adoption. What is the spirit of adoption? 
It's the spirit, see that capital S? It's the spirit producing sonship. The Holy Spirit produces this thing called sonship. He is the one that helps sonship manifest in your life. He is the one who helps you look like a son of God. He is the one that helps your life look like sons and daughters of God should. He's the one that helps the health be where it needs to be at. The finances be where they need to be at. Everything concerning your life, the Holy Spirit produces sonship. We already understand that the blood of Jesus made us righteous and, and, and therefore gave us access to be sons. But how does sonship get produced in my life? How do I look like a son? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Father, Father. Verse 16. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit, remember we talked about, unites with our spirit and is constantly reminding us, you're a child of God. We saw a confirmation of that, remember when we studied about the Holy Spirit over in John 16, and it talked about what the Holy Spirit was doing, that he was convincing us that sin is no longer an issue in our life, that the devil is the one that's defeated, and that we're the righteousness of God. That's reminding us that we are children of God. And here we've been thinking all this time that the Holy Spirit was sent to tell me everything I was doing wrong. No, it's the opposite. He's been sent to tell me everything to do to be right. You're already righteous. You're already sons and daughters. Now, do what I say to live that out. I'm not here to condemn you. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? He said he didn't come to condemn the world. He came so that the world could have life. And then when he left, he left the Holy Spirit. You think the Holy Spirit changed the whole mission? Jesus came to get life, but the Holy Spirit came to condemn us all to hell. No, the same mission. Jesus came to give us life. The Holy Spirit came to help us live that life out. Jesus came to give us life as children of God. The Holy Spirit came to help us live out life as children of God. Jesus gave the ability now, Holy Spirit helps us walk it out. Amen? Amen? Verse 17. And if we are whose children? If we are who? How many of you guys are children of God? If we are his children, then, now look at the equation here. If you equal this, <laughs> then you equal that. If we are his children, his children equals his heirs. His children equals an heir of his. So if I am his child, then I am his heir, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And I love the Amplified because it breaks it down. What does that mean? Sharing his inheritance with him. 
I share the inheritance that Jesus had. First of all, Jesus is off the chain for that. Because I flunked the tests. I got kicked out of school. He passed, got his doctorate, is the professor, and all of that. And I get the same credentials and the same pay and the same rights and privileges as he did, even though I don't deserve it, even though I didn't earn it. But it's what God wants from me. So first of all, thank you, God, for loving me that much. Second of all, thank you, Jesus, for holding it down and passing all the tests. And thank you for being willing to share what you earned with me. That's love. That's grace. That's the truth. That's the word. Sharing his inheritance with him, only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Now, when it says I'm a co-heir or I'm sharing his inheritance with him, as I just said, when Jesus was walking the earth, he walked in full authority of who he was. Remember, he was God, I like how one, one preacher put it, who put on an earth suit. <laughs> it was God who put on an earth suit and came to the earth to operate and to do what he needed to do to win man back unto God. So Jesus walked in all that power and he walked in all that authority because he had access to all that glory. Amen? Amen. And you have access to the same power the same authority, and the same glory according to what we just read. When Jesus was here, thank you, Lord, when he was here, he actually, before he even died, gave the disciples an opportunity to walk in some of the same authority. Remember in Luke when he told them, now I'm going to send y'all out, and I'm giving you the authority to cast out demons and to do what needs to be done. Now they went out, and what happened? They came back and was like, even the demons listen to us. Now, if they were casting out demons without the Holy Spirit living inside of them, if they were casting out demons by just the word of Jesus, then we ought to be able to pray over that code. <laughs> we ought to be able to pray over that thing. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The question is, see, they believe Jesus when he said to do it. Yes. The question is, is, do we really believe? I gave this example last night that um, you got Queen Elizabeth, who obviously is the queen, and then she has heirs. Mm -hmm. And once she's no longer here, is it true that the heirs then take over? Mm -hmm. Do the heirs need to do anything else to qualify to take over once they're already an heir. No, there's just a process that once she's gone, they step in. We need to realize that we are co-heirs with Jesus. And once he left this physical earth, we stepped in. Once he left this physical earth, we stepped in. And according to scripture, even if he was still here right now, we would still be equal with him in power and authority. 
That's what blows my mind. Is I have the same authority and the same power that Jesus did when he was here on earth. But now, according to the word, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Leaving us here, not without help, because we have our helper, the Holy Spirit that we've been reading about through all this scripture, who lives in us and he's empowering us and he enables us to do the same things that Jesus did when he walked the earth. There is no demon that is stronger than you. There is no sickness that is stronger than you. Everything that is under the feet of Jesus, everything that is under his name is under your authority. Because you bear his name. I said you bear the name of Christ. And everything that's under his name is under your dominion. See, now you got to believe that. And if you believe it, then you'll start admitting the truth. Wait a minute, I am a co-heir with Christ. So I speak to this thing and I bind that in the name of Jesus. I have the authority to call things to look the way they look in heaven on earth. That's the authority you have. Not some of the time, all the time. So it's time that we start admitting who we really look like. When I look at you, I don't see you. I see Christ living big on the inside of you. It's time that we let him loose so that the world can see the manifestation of the sons of God. Think about this with me now. If Jesus has returned temporarily to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, who's left to show this world God? We're his body. We are. It's our responsibility. It says that, and, and this was the, what, the number, um, uh, number two and three. Yeah, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It says, Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. He's the perfect reflection of God who is love. Uh, go there real quick. Let me show you that. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Because I want to make sure I articulate this point correct. Hebrews 1, uh, 1. And then we'll go up to 3. Uh, yeah, we can start to amplify it. It says, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth. And you see that capital T. Mm -hmm. Who is the truth? <coughs> Jesus, who is grace. So it says, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of who Jesus was, a portion of the gospel, a portion of grace, a portion of truth. And in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. So it's talking about in what we call the Old Testament, you were seeing Jesus throughout there. They were getting pieces of the truth about him. But in the and but in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a capital S son. We got Jesus. They got a portion of the truth that came through prophets. We got the person. Amen. They got the word through the prophets or some understanding of the word through the prophets. 
we actually got the person whom he appointed heir, and this is why I said he's the lawful owner of all things. He appointed Jesus as heir and lawful owner of all things. Also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time he may produce, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Verse 3. He is the soul, he is the soul, he is the soul expression of the glory of God. Do you see that? One scripture talks about how he's the perfect reflection. I mean, one version says how he's the perfect reflection of God, of the character and nature of God. He's the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Now that's all who Jesus is. And the part I want you to see, he's the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Where does the spirit of God live? In you. And Jesus was here walking the earth being this perfect reflection of who God was. But now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So where is the imprint of God for people to look? In me. And if I don't go out to them, they may never see him. But that's why the enemy wants to keep us out of our authority, out of our sonship, out of our power, in unbelief, confused, deceived, because he doesn't want the world to see God. That There was only one Jesus. There's seven billion of us. There's seven billion people on this earth who all have the opportunity to be reflections or children of God. So the devil works overtime to confuse and deceive those seven billion people because he does not want them to see our father. But I got news for the devil. He's already lost that battle. See, you have to see the amazing and mighty thing that took place at Calvary. When that one man who was God got up on that cross and his blood was shed, and then when he was raised up after being in that tomb and we were raised with him, literally what happened was all that he had went out to billions of people on the earth. Our our code, for, for lack of a better word, changed. We had something new that was made available to us. And if we believed in what he did, it turned on. Do you know the Muslim has the opportunity, grace has granted the Muslim the opportunity to have this very spirit of God in them. All they got to do is make a choice. And it's like a light switch that just flips on. You're saved, boom, spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Homosexual, boom, makes that decision. Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Atheist, boom, makes the decision. Spirit of God lives on the inside of them. 
What am I saying? I'm saying that he loves us all. And we all have a unique chance to reflect him to this world. But you got to be willing to believe that you have the authority. You got to be willing to believe that you have the power. You have to make the choice to no longer buy into the lie of the enemy and the lie of what you see. Our people often miss God because we're so caught up in what we see. We believe what we see and not what we know. You know to be true that you're free. You know to be true that you're healed. You know to be true that you're prosperous. But when you see or hear something that's contrary to that, you've been conditioned to believe it. That's why we have to reset our attitudes. We have to reset our minds to say, no, 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 no. I capture that thought. I capture any words before they come out of my mouth. And I go back to, I am a child of God. His word is true. And I have the opportunity to live out his light his glory, his love on this earth so that other people can be saved. You are the Jesus, if you will, who is walking the earth because he is in you. And it's about time you start calling yourself who you are. It's about time you start walking in the authority that he's given you. It's about time You've started admitting that you are a co-heir with Christ and he is the lawful owner of all things. And if he is the lawful owner of all things, so are we. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. <laughs> Father God, we just thank and praise you right now for just the victory that you've given us through and by Jesus. We thank you that we are co-heirs. And we are victorious walking in our authority. And we give you all the glory and praise that Holy Spirit, you're the one who is helping change us from the inside out. You're helping us reflect the nature of God. You're helping us live and talk and walk as Jesus did. And we receive that help on today. Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for the victory that we continue to have. And I declare grace, grace over every life in this room. Grace, grace over every life watching by video. And we thank and praise you right now that all is well in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on, let's give God one more hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know what? Um, it's, it's our opportunity to give. Praise God. So let's, let's do that. The Bible talks about how God loves a cheerful giver. And if you understand that in context, what that's talking about is, is it's a giver who's not in bondage. It's a giver who's not afraid, but is cheerful because they understand that they're giving because they love God. Somebody said, well, should I tithe? Abraham tithed. And it wasn't even a law. Tithing is good. Offerings are good. Sowing seed is good. There are spiritual principles built around all of that. And just like I said, you're not going to go to hell if you don't. You're not cursed with the curse if you don't. But man, you turn on some great spiritual principles if you do. Somebody came up and asked me one time, 
and I, uh, you know, some members didn't, like I said this, and they were, you know, I got to pay my mortgage, uh, but, you know, I, I want to give. I said, well, you do what you got faith for. Don't, don't sit up there and get in bondage. Do what you got faith for. Amen. Don't get put out your house. <laughs> because cause here's where I stood on that. If you were already believing God for it, you wouldn't even have asked. And that's not to say you can't give people some guidance, but this person was really struggling. What they were really saying is, am I going to be in trouble if I go pay my mortgage instead of putting this in the bucket? And the answer is very simple, no. But what I did recommend to that person was, but what you want to begin to do is listen to the Holy Spirit when it comes to giving. Begin to develop that faith muscle so that when the day comes and you have to make a decision like that, there will be no question. Your, question, your only answer will be, Lord, I trust you. And if the Holy Spirit says, put that money in that bucket or, 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 or do it online or whatever, then you'll do it without hesitation. But don't put yourself in bondage. Because you know what a lot of people do. They'll, they'll give the money and then feel guilty about it for the whole next two, three, four weeks. That's, that's, that's not a cheerful giver. Amen. God does not want you in bondage over money. He loves a cheerful giver. A giver that trusts him. So as you sow, sow out of an abundant, cheerful heart. Knowing that you're already blessed, but being excited about the fact that you know how to trust the Holy Spirit and follow him. Amen? Amen. Father, God, I just thank and praise you for those gifts that are already sown. I thank and praise you, Father God, that we've already made the decision in our minds to be givers, and therefore, we're just carrying out the act. We thank you that we're already blessed, and the seed has all it needs in it to grow. So we thank you for the harvest. We thank you for you doing what you do to bring forth the blessing in our life. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're in the room and uh, you need prayer, I don't think anybody here needs prayer for salvation uh, or baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think everybody here is connected already. So what I'm going to do is just pray over you in general. So, Father God, I thank and praise you for each and every one of these, your precious sheep. I thank you, Lord, that as they go throughout the rest of this week, they will go in victory. I thank and praise you that their homes are blessed, their jobs are blessed, their children are blessed. Everything concerning them is already under the blessing. And, Father, I pray right now that your grace is sufficient. If there be any place of weakness, I thank and praise you that you show yourself strong. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the almighty God. To you, Jesus, be glory and honor, dominion and power, both now and forever. And I thank you that that same dominion, that same power, you have granted unto us. And we thank you as we leave this place. We go in your grace. It's in your name we pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. You are dismissed.